This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Cora McComb is a writer and marketer based in San Diego. He writes about the sweet spots in life where human connection, creativity, and productivity intersect. Corey, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Mark. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy you're here too because we are going to talk about the creative process. And people tend to think that they're not very creative when I think everyone is creative. There's some people more creative than others. Uh, would you agree with me about that? I would agree that there are a lot of people that have practiced their creativity and maybe built that muscle up more than others. Okay. Yeah. Now, you are an author and you wrote a book and I can tell you I self-published two books and you can buy them on Amazon, but they have nothing to do with what I talk about now. So don't go buy the book. I'm, I'm literally telling you, don't go buy my books. They've got nothing to do with productivity or anything like that. But I, the point I tell you that is it, when you write your own book, people think, oh, I bought a book. Oh, the book's good. But you have no idea unless you're a creative person, unless you've written a book, you have no idea all the blood, sweat, and tears that go into writing that book. It's a big undertaking, is it not? It was a long, painful, rewarding journey, I'll say, Mark. It's definitely all of the things. And there is the thing about a book is when you're in a long project like that, as opposed to maybe like writing blogs or putting out podcasts with like the feedback loop is a little faster, where you're putting something out, you're getting immediate feedback, and you can kind of see the trend line going up or down. And, you know, I've been writing and sharing online for years. So I'm really used to sitting down writing one article a week or one newsletter and then getting that feedback with a book. It's such a act of solitude for the most part. And even if you have beta readers, even if you try and publish along the way, you don't really know until you stick your head up a couple of years later and have this manuscript. And yeah, I mean, it was a journey filled with, you know, doubt as as you go along, you're you're wondering how the stuff is going to land. If anyone's going to even care, you know, the weeks turn into months, months turn into years, and um, but there is something about at the end of it when you poke your head up out of your cave and you're able to share it with the world, and you and you see that that's why it took so long. It all of this is landing, and you know, the longer the process, the bigger the reward, and that was my experience at least. Well, you said something very struck a chord with me when you write a blog post or even quicker, you write a post for Facebook or LinkedIn, you get feedback right away. How do you, first of all, how long did it take you from the time you decided, Hey, I'm going to write a book to when it was published. Can you tell us what that time frame is? Yeah, it was about two years, maybe a little bit longer. So you probably started really excited Raring to go, and probably you probably had a dip at some point in there where you're like, "Should I keep going?" Is that true? Absolutely, multiple dips, and I something that I call the trough of sorrow, which is where you know you start a project or you you know you start a diet or you start anything, and you have like all this motivation and inspiration and just like this this sugar rush, right? And as you go along, you can build on that momentum, but. No, whether you're writing a book or doing anything else worth doing, you're going to hit that dip or that trough of sorrow where 
where things are going to get hard, where like the motivation is going to wane, the sugar rush is going to wear off. And, you know, one of the ways that I really try and overcome that is trying to anticipate because I've done big products before or goals that that, I didn't make it all the way through. And I think that that anticipation where you're like, okay, I'm going to set out on this journey. I know I'm not going to always feel as excited as I do right now, but that's when it counts. And I'm going to anticipate that feeling coming. It's it's kind of like when I think about this topic, I think about how if you're going to drive, if you're going to take a road trip and it's, and you know it's going to take three hours, but you hit some traffic along the way and it ends up taking four hours, that extra hour is torture, right? It's It's like it feels so much worse. But if you had gotten in the car at the beginning and knew the drive was going to take four hours, it really wouldn't be that bad. Very true. So what is the title of your book? Title of the book is called Productivity is for Robots, How to Reconnect, Get Creative, and Stay Human in the New World. You know, I'm 56. Well, not yet. On June 21st, I'll be 56. I'm trying to try the 56 on for size here. I grew up in the late 60s, 70s, and early 80s. And computers, unless you went to an office they had a building the size of, I don't know, the Federal Reserve. They had one computer in there and you had the key cards. Now we all have the same. We have more powerful computers on our iPhones. And there was no automation really back then. I mean, you actually had to go to the bank teller and give them your check that your employer gave you. There was no direct deposit. You had to give your the check to the lady and then she would put it in your bank account. And now we look in 2021 And I I tell people, automate everything you possibly can because it's going to lower the stress unlike anything else. So is that somewhat what you're talking about in the book is the the power of automation? Yeah, the power of automation is there. And I think that the power of automation is beautiful if you use the time that is being freed up by automation to lean into your humanity, be creative, and then actually do the things that automation is supposed to let you do. You know, you know, technology was meant to set us free in a lot of ways, um, open up time in our days so that we can get rid of these repetitive mundane t- tasks, right? Um, but what I've seen in myself and other people, you know, following this entrepreneur, you know, hustle and grind lifestyle is that we we use this automation in these systems, but then we just fill our calendars with more. You know, for every step. You know, for every step that technology takes towards becoming more human, it seems like a lot of people want to take take a step to meet it halfway. There is a couple people who want to be on the podcast, but they don't do the scheduling software. Like I use Calendly. There's plenty of them out there that are really awesome. And they're like, no, let's, let's just decide on a date. I'm like, that's not how my process works. My process works. I go into Calendly and I say, do interviews. I do one a day, Monday through Friday. You can pick 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Central. Someone books one of those three times, the the rest of the times go away. Because I don't want to be going, well, how about Thursday at 1? No, how about... So I love these people dearly, but they will not use the automation. And as you know, when you're going back and forth, picking the date, and of course, I'm booked out till... I think I book out the September with my interviews now. Yeah, I have to go to September, eat the bull your calendar. Well, I don't plan that far in advance. I'm like, it's just so much easier. Whether you're a guest on my show or a coaching client, 
Here's the link to my calendar. It's already got my availability built in right there. And it's just easier. But some people, for reasons I don't understand, they're just so resistant to technology. But I hate to break the news to them. This is May of 2021. It's here. Absolutely. And I think that it's the... My message is never to, is not a call against productivity or technology at all, as much as, you know, if you're using these tools um, to free up space because you have a very strong understanding of what you want to use that time for and why, and it's opening up, you know, more time for you to be, to be you and to be a human and to not just fall into this never ending automation or productivity tool. You know, these productivity tools, while they can be powerful, if you're just using them for the sake of being productive and it's not actually, you know, leading to more purpose or meaningful work, I think that's when you need to take a step back and really look at are you, is this, is this movement equaling meaning or is this just more movement for the sake of being productive and just getting things done blindly? You got Facebook? Well, I am on Facebook. I have a Facebook page and I have a Facebook group, both under the name of Mr. Productivity. So if you are into Facebook, if you love Facebook, go look me up on Facebook. Just look for Mr. Productivity. Yeah, I think some people, they grab on automation for the sake of automation. And I'm like, well, what's your why? I mean, yeah, you have these tools, you've got Zapier, you've got the, the scheduling apps. There's so many, autom- so many automation tools out there, but I would argue you don't go to automate something just because it's there. You have to understand to your point, is this going to help me or hinder me? So let's say this tool is really simple to use. It may help you, but it's got a six month learning curve. Now that's kind of like a ridiculous example. Is it really worth automating if it's going to take you six months? in order to get maximum use out of it. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and, um, and are you going to be actually using it? <laughs> right. <laughs> and are you using it cause you really need to, or you feel like you need to, because there's a lot of that going around, you know, I know like the new big thing in that I notice in terms of like, um, book blogs or book newsletters. Everyone wants to read more books um, faster and faster. And there's all these like note taking systems for the books that you read. And and I love that because I take notes on books. You know, sometimes not really. Um, you know, every book, but it just kind of speaks to this movement where it seems like everyone is trying to optimize for squeezing the last drop out of focus, getting getting the most where I think it's okay to just read a book one afternoon without any agenda besides just to be entertained or read. And, you know, the good stuff's going to stick to a certain extent. And this automation, this optimization, this productivity, these productivity protocols that seem to kind of seep their way into every inch of life, I think that it, while it can be helpful if you use it properly, it can also lead to burnout overwhelm and just that feeling of, I guess, being spread thin. One of the things I committed to doing in 2021, and I'm going to continue doing this beyond now is I was reading for the sake of putting another book on my books read list and December, 2020, I decided, you know what? I am going to slow down when I read the book, I'm going to pretend I'm sitting with the author and we're going through his book or her book. 
and I'm going to slow down. I'm going to have my pen available and I'm not going to worry about hitting 52 books in a year, a book a week. I'm going to, if it takes me a week, it takes me a week. If it takes me a month, it takes me a month. I was so obsessed with counting how many books I read than actually camping in with the author. And I can tell you, since I've been doing this since January 1st of 2021, I can tell you the books are coming more alive to me. I'm learning way more because now I'm reading for a different purpose. Oh, totally. And I've been there too. I, I think that it depends on where you're at. And I'm I'm not against making it a challenge if you're going from only watching Netflix or trying to read all of a sudden, if whatever can get you excited about it. But I've shifted my entire approach just like that, where I stopped counting the books that I read and I'll reread things, reread old novels, books that have stood the test of time. Um, and, and a much slower, you know, it's, it comes down to because the world moves so fast and people want short, fast content, you know, which is fine, but we can't give up our, our ability and our need just to savor something, just to savor it nice and slow and really enjoy it without this feeling of, you know, falling behind. And I think that's what the count, whether you're counting books or trying to be super productive with all these automation tools, if it's coming from this like gnawing guilt that you're not doing enough or that you're falling behind, I think that's where it can start to get really dangerous. So why don't you pick for us one or two tips or theories you have in your book and share them with us? Sure. You know, one of the notions that really set my mind off on this journey um, to explore what it means to be human and be productive and to try and lean into our human traits to get the most out of our time was a story about Ernest Hemingway that I read. And he was sitting at his typewriter one one uh, evening in in Paris, you know, poor and cold, and he was having trouble writing a new short story. And he looked over at the streets of, of Paris and, um, you know, he told himself, do not worry, you've written before and you will write again. And he went to sleep that night and the next morning he walk, walked to his typewriter and was able to start again, started a new story. And then as soon as he knew what was going to happen next, um, or as soon as he'd gotten a couple of pages done, he would always walk away from the typewriter, um, before he went back the next, before he would, um, uh, get tired rather. So he would never, this was what he would call is to never empty the well. You know, he learned to never empty the well of his writing and to always re- let it refill at night from the springs that fed it. So that was a light bulb moment for me where I realized that every day I was walking to my computer and I was just constantly trying to get to the end of my to-do list, no matter how I felt, no matter what I was, you know, whether I was feeling burnt out, tired, or lack of focus, I just wanted to squeeze out that last strip of focus, right? And it kind of goes to the culture because we've always been led to believe that, you know, you leave it all, all in the field, you know, like get get the most out of everything. Quitters never, winners never quit. Um, but what happens is when you when you walk away from your work, let's just say you walk away from your writing, your work or anything that you're doing that you care about, when you put in everything that you have and you're constantly walking away from your desk, you know, drained and dazed and confused and like, I just literally can't do it anymore. What happens is you actually, the mind and the body have this connection where you're going to internalize those feelings. Those are, you're actually internalizing mental and physical 
um, patterns so that when you returned back to your desk the next day, even if you got plenty of sleep and a good breakfast, your your body's going to naturally settle back into those patterns where you're feeling a little bit drained, dazed, and confused, and it's going to take you that much longer to get back into that flow state. You know, the the flow state, this this mythical place that we all want to reach in our work. Maybe it takes us an hour or two to get in there, but once we're there, it's like we've reached the promised land and we never want to leave. Yeah. But but what Hemingway knew was that the flow state was not this ghost to just strangle to death on every encounter, right? You know, you need to treat that flow with some respect and some reverence and step away from your work while you're still in that flow state, because that's what's going to allow you to walk back to your work the next day and just step right back in again. Yeah, I can tell you I'm doing that right now. I have been convinced to return to Facebook. And so what I'm doing, I have a Facebook page and I'm creating these quote cards every day. So I, I post a quote card, you know, some kind of saying and along with a post on there. And I post it every day at 12 o'clock. But I schedule time to create these quote cards. And to your point, I get into a rhythm. Okay. Got one done, got two done, got three done, got four done. And as long as I keep doing it, I can churn out, you know, 20, 30, 40 uh, of these quote cards, which is 20, 30 posts. But once I stop and walk away because I, someone came into my door or the dog's barking, I come back. I'm like, it's been broken. I, I can't. It's like, I was just doing it a few minutes ago. So I understand your point. That's that's a, a small example. But when you get in the flow, whether it's writing or recording uh, videos for your course or quote cards for Facebook, you get in that flow. You don't want to break it because once it's broken, you just can't. It's not like a light switch you could turn on and turn off. Right, right, right. And I think that it takes practice and a lot of discipline and it takes that cool Hemingway like confidence. It's just say, Hey, you know, that's enough for today. We'll, we'll see you tomorrow. Um, but that's, that was one of the light bulb moments that really set me on, on the path to exploring more because humans, you know, we already have technology to work around the or work a hundred hours a week and around the clock. You know, what humans are really good at is that the thing that artificial intelligence can't do yet, you know, or technology, which is really take ideas from whether you want to call it your, the universe or God or your subconscious and to translate that from some outer world and bring it into existence and share it. And that takes something that, you know, there's time for hard focused, dedicated work, of course, but what really separates us from technology is our ability to make that trip from from the universe to the blank page and provide something to other people. And if you want to really tap into that at the highest level, I'd, you're not going to do it by constantly crouching over your computer and working until you just literally can't anymore. You know, very true, very true. Well, now your book. Now, when did the book come out? The book came out in November of last year, November 2020. So where can we go to get this book? Because it sounds, I, you know, I'm a productivity guy and anything that has the word productivity in it, it's like that movie, Jerry Maguire, you had me at hello. You know, when you have productivity in the title or the word focus, it, it just draws me in. So productivity is for robots, correct? Yeah. It's a bit of an incendiary title. <laughs> <laughs> so where can we get this book? I'm sure Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere books are sold. Right now, it's just on Amazon, actually. I still need to get it up on Barnes & Noble. Um, I'm doing print on demand. I self-published it, and I'm doing it all on Amazon right now. And 
um, it's been great. You know, Amazon makes it really easy. I, I still need to get it up everywhere books are sold, but um, you can get it on Amazon and it's paperback, hardback and Kindle right now. Well, I will give you this piece of advice. My little, very, very minimal knowledge of the book publishing industry is if you create it into an EPUB, you can upload it to Apple Books, the ebook, and you can do it also on Barnes and Noble. And that was the secret, the EPUB. That's that's the one of the very few things I remember from self-publishing. So my books are on Apple. No one buys them because they have nothing to, again, they have nothing to do with my what I'm talking about now. But someone told me, oh, yeah, make an EPUB. You can upload to Apple. I'm like, great. So I'm, I'm on Apple, but no one buys my stuff. It's okay. I'm a coach. I'm not, a, I'm not an author. But uh, so do you have a website as well? Yeah, CoreyMcComb.com. And I have a newsletter on Substack. Everything through CoreyMcComb.com you can find. I'm on all the socials and everything like that. Excellent. Well, Corey, I want to thank you for being on the show today. It was an absolute light learning about your journey and about your book. And I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much, Mark. That was fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. I really hope it served you well today. Now head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up to be a free Mark Stuchowski insider. Get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. Absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.